Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 6 and 7 called Job's Tough Questions. What if there was a machine invented where you could actually weigh the depth of somebody's pain and you could see it? See, as a human being, I can't see that. I can, I can sympathize with it. If I've gone through it personally, then I can feel that a little bit more. But if it's not my pain, then I can easily downplay it. I can quote a couple scriptures I'll be praying for you, brother, sister, and go on my merry way. But that person is still in their pain. Have you ever visited somebody in the hospital, and you pray for them, and you have a heart of compassion for them, and you walk out with this deep sense like, I'm walking out of here to go to do whatever I'm going to do, but that person is still dealing with that situation. And, you know, Job is implying here that you guys don't understand my pain. You see, we fall woefully short in understanding people's pain. And the incredible thing about our God is that he invites us to give him our burdens. He says, cast all your care to me because I what? I care for you. We're told in Galatians 6 that we're to bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ which is the law of love. And so in verse 4, he says, For the arrows of the Almighty, that's Shaddai, are within me. Their poison, notice that Job is saying that God is the source of his pain. The arrows of the Almighty are within me, or they've hit me, if you will. Their poison, so something like a poison tip on an arrow here, my spirit drinks. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Job has pinpointed the source of his pain as God. Is he right? Well, Satan did carry out the deed, right? Satan did ask to get at Job, and then God said, you can, you can get at him, but you can't take his life. But ultimately, who allowed Satan to have his way? God did. So I don't know how, I won't stay here long, but I'll just tell you that Job has certainly sensed this correctly, that God has allowed all of this stuff to come into his life. In Psalm 7, verses 10 through 13, it says, My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who is in indignation every day. If man does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. He has also prepared himself deadly weapons. He makes his arrows fiery shafts. Now, for those of you who have studied the armor of God, you know that we have a shield of faith with which we can extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. But what if the arrows are coming from God? That's what Job is sensing. Let's turn over to uh, Psalm 38. So just a little bit to your right, Psalm 38. 
It's hard to imagine uh, these thoughts, but this is what Job is going through. This is how he's thinking. Job 38. This is a psalm of David. It's called a memorial psalm, Psalm 38. And it says, beginning in verse 1, O Lord, rebuke me not in your wrath, 38.1. Chasten me not in your burning anger. For your arrows have sunk deep into me, Psalm 38.2. Thine arrows have sunk deep into me. Thy hand has pressed down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine indignation. There's no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over my head as heavy burden, as a heavy burden they weigh too much for me. My wounds grow foul and fester because of my folly. I am bent over and greatly bowed down. I go mourning all day long. David says, your arrows have sunk deep into me. Turn back to the book of Job. Are there times when God, metaphorically speaking, not literally, could fire arrows into our life? Apparently so. And why would that be? Well, it could be for his disciplinary reasons. But does Job need discipline right now? No. He's a blameless and upright man. He's even been offering sacrifices for his children. Job might say, I understand the arrows of the evil one, Ephesians 6, I think, verse 16, but why is God firing at me? The same horror that occupants of a besieged city uh, feel floods Job's soul, says one writer. They are not coming from the underworld, as was implied by Eliphaz and Job 5.7, but they're coming down from heaven. Is this friendly fire? Have I become God's enemy? That's what Job is asking. What happened here that God is firing at me? The poison has gotten into my bloodstream, into my heart, and into my spirit. It hurts me deeply on more than one level. I would like to sing, I'm blessed beyond all measure. How many of you have heard that song? I'm counting every blessing, right? I'm blessed beyond all measure. But Job right now might say, I'm counting every arrow. And they have sunk into my spirit and my soul. Job gives an illustration to help us understand. Verse 5, Job 6. He says, does the wild donkey bray over his grass or does the ox low over his fodder? Can something tasteless be eaten without salt? For those of you who are fans of salt, you say, absolutely not. Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? How many of you have been on those diets where you say, ah, today I'm going to have egg whites. Egg whites with a side of uh, cantaloupe. (laughs) That's what I'm going with today, baby. And then you need salt, right? Because egg whites are apparently healthy for you, but they are pretty much tasteless, right? And the more you hear about the eggs, you know, it go, they go back and forth, and they, then they say, the yolk's actually good for you, and that's where you get the protein, and back and forth, and up and down it goes. But here's the idea. One uh, writer says, it's very difficult to understand the, what, what the writer's getting at. It could be the juice of the mallow, if you have an ESV, or... Job is talking about the milk of a weed. 
You know, some weeds apparently have a milky substance in them. Can you imagine if you pulled a weed from your backyard and you, you tore it up a little bit, had some of those barbs on it, and you said, oh, hey, there's milk in there. That would be gross. Job would say, that's disgusting. I'm not going to eat that. An animal that is not fed or given an edible diet brays and lows or bellows. Why? Because they're hungry. Because what they're getting is not fulfilling. Pope translates this as slimy cream cheese. Or for some of you, you could relate to this. Any of you tried to go with cottage cheese before? How many of you actually like cottage cheese? What in the world is going on with you people? I think I got uh, soured on cottage cheese because one time I was in one of those, uh, my wife was my hands. I was one of those puppet things, you know. And my wife started spooning mystery things into my mouth. It was at a vacation Bible school. And one of them was cottage cheese. And it was a spoon, and I couldn't control it because she was my hands. It was terrible. Yuck. My soul refuses to touch them. They are like loathsome food to me. What is Job saying? He's probably referring to his life circumstances, and he's saying, what's been dished up to me? Man, I can't even stand to look at it. He may be addressing the words of his friends, so far just Eliphaz, as hurtful morses, morsels difficult to swallow or unpalatable or even poisonous. <clears throat> and maybe that's why he's lowing or belly aching, as it were. In Psalm 69 about the Messiah, ultimately it says, reproach has broken my heart. I am so sick. I look for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. They gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. This whole situation was a bitter pill to swallow, not a healing balm. Job was suffering, and Job has a request. Verse 8, he says, Oh, that my request might come to pass, that God would grant my longing. Would that God were willing to crush this speaks of a cruel, violent, trampling death, that God would crush me, that he would loose his hand and cut me off. Job says, I wish God would just finish the job and kill me. Remember, that was in Job 3 when he wished that his birth date, the night of his conception and birth, were wiped off the calendar forever. Now he's saying, I wish God would just finish the job. And I want you to hear a nuance of this that's important. Job is not talking about suicide. He's saying, if I die, it will be God that takes my life. I will not take my own life. And I know sometimes when we're in desperate situations, man, we're, we're hearing some staggering uh, statistics about suicide right now. Among young people, among our veterans. And Job is saying, look, I wish, God, that you would just take me, but he's not advocating suicide. He's saying, God, take my life. It is still my consolation, and I rejoice in unsparing pain that I've denied the, not denied the words of the Holy One. Here's what Job is saying. He's saying, God, please take me out before I curse you. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance has invited you to celebrate Easter at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Early risers can come to the first service at 6 a.m. Just bring a chair and a blanket, maybe a carafe of coffee or whatever you need, and we'll be celebrating the Lord early in the morning as the sun comes up. Make sure you and the family are hungry. On that morning, we're also having a breakfast, and it will support an amazing ministry called Royal Family Kids Camp. We're going to have pancakes following the sunrise service and before the 10 a.m. normal. That 10 a.m. service will have indoor and outdoor seating. Now, if you haven't been to church in like a year, and remember the shutdowns really came into effect around Easter time last year, it was strange not to be together with the church last Easter. That's not going to happen this year. We're going to be with the saints of God, man. And if you haven't been to church for a while, what a great time to come back. Visit Living Truth Christian Fellowship on Easter Sunday at 6 a.m. or 10 a.m. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona. Download the Living Truth app for more information or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's the Living Truth app or call 844-48-TRUTH. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Job is not talking about suicide. He's saying, if I die, it will be God that takes my life. I will not take my own life. And I know sometimes when we're in desperate situations, man, we're, we're hearing some staggering uh, statistics about suicide right now. Among young people, among our veterans. And Job is saying, look, I wish, God, that you would just take me, but he's not advocating suicide. He's saying, God, take my life. It is still my consolation, and I rejoice in unsparing pain that I've denied the, not denied the words of the Holy One. Here's what Job is saying. He's saying, God, please take me out before I curse you. I have not, look at the verse, I have not denied the words of the Holy One, you might add, yet, and I don't want to. I don't want to dishonor you. I don't want to deny you. I don't want to curse you like the Satan said I would, even though Job doesn't know that right now. So please take me out before I fall on my face. That's a pretty noble reason, right? Is Job a worshiper of God, Bible students? Yes, he is. Does he believe that there's a God still? Yes, he does. Now, he doesn't understand what God is doing, but he says, I don't want to dishonor you. I don't want to curse you, so please crush me so I don't curse you, so I won't deny you. We all can think of Peter. Peter promised to die for Jesus, though all forsake you, I will not. And Jesus said, Peter, I tell you the truth, before the cock crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. Well, everybody, all the disciples said the same thing. We're not going to deny you. And then in the garden, Peter took the sword, and you got you to gotta marvel at Peter's bravery because when Peter took the sword, he was essentially saying, I'm going to die. 
I'm going to do what I said. I said I would die for him. He took the sword out and he cut off the, the servant of the high priest's ear off, right? Malchus. And Jesus said, put away the sword. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. And so Peter put away the sword and then a little later, he denies the Lord. He does exactly what he said he would never do. Maybe he was confused. Why did Jesus stop me? I was trying to defend my Lord, and he stopped me. Why? And Peter denies the Lord the, three times the cock crows, and Peter goes out and weeps bitterly. And I want you just to think about it. If you're Peter on this night, and you're somewhere in a corner weeping bitterly, you might say to yourself, you know what? It would be good if my life just ended right now because how can anybody ever recover from denying the Messiah three times after what I said? And then the next day, Jesus dies on the cross and Peter's got to be even in a worse condition because now his Savior, his friend, his Lord has died a terrible death on the cross. He denied him. And Peter may be thinking, it's over. My life is in such a shambles. I will never recover from this. Did Peter recover? Yes, he did. See, the Lord Jesus resurrected from the dead. Peter was restored to his ministry. And Peter took the keys of the gospel and preached in the middle of Jerusalem and 3,000 Jews came to the Lord. And then he went to Samaria and brought the keys there to the Samaritans and then into the house of Cornelius and preached the gospel to Jew, Samaritan, and Gentile. And his life was completely restored. But that night, Peter felt like he had to feel this small. He had to think, my life, it would be better if I was just gone. If we could just end it now, so that, you know, how do you recover from something like that? But brothers and sisters, please hear what I'm about to say. Even if you're at a very low place and you've disappointed yourself, God can still work it together for good. He can still use you in a powerful way, even if you failed. Job says, what is my strength that I should wait? What is my end? that I should endure. Where is this all going? Have you ever said this before? How could this possibly work together for good? I know Romans 8.28. Don't quote it to me now. <laughs> Ever been there before? You got to quote Romans 8.28 at the right time. Yeah. Don't quote it right now. Someone might even stop you in the middle of it. Don't you do it. God works all things together. For <laughs> but he does. See, the verse is true, and the enemy wants to rob us of it. Why would God wait finishing me off? Is my strength the strength of stones? Am I a rock? Or is my flesh like bronze? Is it that my help is not within me? And that the deliverance is driven from me? I am not made of stone. I am not made of metal. I'm fragile. Take a look at me, Job might say. I'm a disaster. Do I have the inner resources to hold on? Answer, nope. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when Paul says, Lord, remove this thorn in my flesh, this is the third time I'm praying about it, Jesus responds, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected. Where? Where? In weakness. 
And then Paul says, okay, then I'm going to rejoice in my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Now Job, as he's been really addressing his friends, says, for the despairing man, there should be kindness from his friend so that he does not forsake the fear of the Almighty. That's, again, Shaddai. This is a response to Eliphaz. Write down Job 5.17. He who withholds kindness from a friend, ESV, forsakes the fear of the Almighty. One writer says, Friendship in the Old Testament carries with it strong obligation, even covenant, to show loyalty, especially when a friend is suffering. Job implicitly accuses his three friends of failing to show him loyal sympathy and love. The Greek or the Hebrew word is hesed. They thought they knew why he had experienced this and why he was still suffering, but they failed to be kind. They thought if they could come up with a religiously systematized answer, a philosophical or a religious answer that would suffice and Job saying no that's not going to do it what I really needed was your kindness you've been listening to Job's Tough Questions part 2 on Walk in Truth Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 6 and 7 remember if you missed any part of today's program you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts Walk in Truth is on Facebook Instagram and Twitter and we'd love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church in Corona, California, although we recommend you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. And thanks. Now, here's Pastor Michael. You may be asking, is it a sin to question God? Now, I think we need to be careful uh, when we question God, and but I also think we find biblical precedent to ask questions. And we've mentioned some of those questions in our past broadcasts about, you know, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, The psalmist often uh, had to ask questions, you know, uh, where are you, Lord? Uh, My tears have been my food. People are saying, where's your God? Why so downcast, O my soul? Um, Sometimes the psalmist felt forsaken and he had to do some healthy self-talk. So I don't think questioning God is a sin, but I think we also have to realize that when God gives us an answer, um, we can, and we are called to rest there. And sometimes it takes a little while. It can be a bit of a winding path. If, if nothing else, the book of Job certainly illustrates that for a man who was in pain, terrible pain, terrible loss, and had his ups and downs to arrive to the point where he could say, I know my Redeemer lives, that may take you a while. And I don't think that you can not be honest with yourself or God, but my encouragement to you nonetheless is to find your hope in God. And I'm speaking that to myself because I know this life can be hard. And the book of Job certainly does reveal that. But I would just say, be honest, but then ultimately press into God because he will be there for you and he loves you. I'm going to pray right now, if you join me in a word of prayer, Father, for all those who are hurting, all those who could so resonate with the book of Job right now, those who have lost loved ones, perhaps to COVID-related situations, perhaps to cancer or something else. Sometimes we hear of the loss of a young one who you know, died in their crib or 
sometimes we've done some memorial services for babies that have passed away. And these are largely inexplicable things, Father. Sometimes we don't even know how to pray for people, but thank you that you know our pain. Thank you that you know our tears. You hold them in your bottle. And I pray for that person who's just barely holding on right now. Give them the grace that they need to make it just one more day by faith and then the next day by faith. And pray you'd renew hope in that heart that's just heavy in Jesus' name. Hey, you can reach out to us uh, through a hotline that's available Tuesday through Friday, about 9 to 4 Pacific Time, 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now, you can also send us prayer requests by email and just do that through the website. Actually, you can send a prayer request on the website at walkintruth.com. You could also give to the ministry at that website, walkintruth.com. Hey, thank you for listening and praying for us. For our new listeners, welcome aboard. We're so glad that you're part of our family. We, uh, we're so appreciative of this platform to reach out and reach out back to us. Let us know where you're listening. Walkintruth.com. Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God for that. If you're a longtime listener, please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844 844- 48 truth. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's message in Job 6 and 7 called Job's Tough Questions. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.